Hi everyone, welcome to Business in Focus, a dedicated podcast by the City of Canning, bringing you the latest information, news and features. I'm Boris Wong, the City's Business Development Officer, and joining me in this episode is John Park, Head of Business Operations at the Freight Trade Alliance. In this episode, John details the impacts of COVID-19 on the supply chain, what importers or exporters can expect now and in the near term, and potential ways to diversify your supply or market. So good afternoon, John. Um, I guess let's start with um, addressing for those who don't know. Can you please detail a little bit about Freight Trade Alliance and what you guys do there? Yes, thanks Boris. Um, Freight and Trade Alliance, um, or FTA, um, are an advocacy body for all those involved in the international logistics supply chain. Um, our members consist of major importers, exporters and service providers that range from customs brokers through freight forwarders, depot operators and transport companies. And our aim is to keep those organisations um, abreast of all the necessary regulatory reforms and commercial activities that are going on. And by doing to do that, we uh, have regular conversations and meetings with uh, the highest level of regulators, uh, both at ministerial and secretarial level of the various departments, for example, Australian Border Force and the Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment. So our aim is to advocate on behalf of our members across a broad range of issues to make sure that the trading platforms that they work on are equitable for both parties. Cool. Okay, let's jump straight into it now. Uh, with the COVID-19 situation going on, I guess maybe if you can start, talk about you know what happened right at the start to what's actually happening now. And, and maybe, you know, for example, if, if I was an importer or an exporter, what can I expect from international trade, both air and sea, over the next few weeks or months? So I think if we go back to it, and uh, whilst the first few cases, I think, were, were started in China in, um, just after the um, uh, normal New Year, January 1st, etc., um, most people had prepared for what was the traditional Chinese New Year and had, had, had got some stock in, and they know that after the Chinese New Year, Traditionally, there's a one to two week delay of by the time people get back to work in China and freight starts moving to they get their goods. So in general terms, people are prepared each year for a lull and they usually carry enough stock to cover that. What we found though, as the virus expanded fairly significantly through China, um, various levels of shutdown came into force um, and you had a situation where people couldn't Manufacturing companies couldn't get their staff back to their premises. Transport companies couldn't get their staff back to their premises because traditionally uh, the Chinese travel fairly extensively during their holiday period and because of border closures and the like, they couldn't get back to their places of origin. So you started to see that lack of shipment coming out of China and affecting, in general, the supply chain. So what you had is companies who would normally carry a little bit of excess stock to cover that uh, two to three week lull, um, found themselves eating into their supplies. And a number of companies, and we're going back now a month or more, um, 
they had supplies on their shelves that were starting to run out and were seriously getting to the stage where they had um, only one or two weeks left of stock or in some cases no stock. And that caused um, concerns um, for their clients and their customers. Also with no materials leaving Japan, sorry, China and going to America and Europe for further manufacture of other articles, um, that in itself caused delays in supply chain coming from those countries. So people were affected right across the board. As we've seen um, China come back on board um, and the best information we have at the moment is most of the manufacturing places um, are back to 90 percent. Uh, the terminals are all working and the transport organisations are again at the 90-95%, some of them close to 100% in operation. In speaking to shipping lines, we've had good advice that as of uh, next week, um, they will see vessels full out of China starting to deliver goods down to Australia. Um, so orders will start to be coming in and to be cleared. So I think that uh, people in the short term, in the next couple of weeks, will start to see that those backlog of orders starting to come through. Uh, the problem we've got now is that as China has come back on board and started to manufacture, um, you're starting to see other countries around the world impacted, uh, South Korea, Italy, um, Europe, America, uh, as those places go into shutdown and their various facilities stop manufacturing and so they, their supply chain is starting to be impacted. You also have a situation that during the close down of China, there were no containers moving into China to other parts of the world, so people who do have stock in America and Europe don't have the empty containers to pack to export. Similarly in Australia, people don't have empty containers to export their products should they need. Uh, and that's impacting, I suppose, more on the um, fresh produce area in particular, um, trying to get sufficient containers of quality to move their, their products overseas. In the short term now, as far as the sea freight goes, uh, as I said, I think you'll see the um, level of service back up there. Um, of course, what has come on top of that is most of the shipping lines have added surcharges of between $300 and $600 per 20-foot container or 40-foot container, respectively. And those charges are termed uh, uh, rate reviews or uh, restoration of rates, etc. Uh, but they will, they will certainly stay in place. Um, air freight is now creating much of a, a concern for people because as passenger aircraft stop flying and um, some 80% of freight um, is moved in passion, the belly of the passenger planes. Um, and if those passenger planes are not flying, then that limits the ability to move air freight. Um, there are charter airlines. Uh, but there is now a high demand for charter airlines and where you might normally have paid a dollar or two dollars a kilo to move something, you're now paying, in some cases we've heard seven dollars and ten dollars per kilo to move something. There are also arrangements in place by some of the major airlines to use their passenger aircraft as um, cargo aircraft, which means that basically they fly with no passengers on the, the top level of the plane and they have simply freight in the bottom, which they normally would. The trouble is, of course, the cost there, they have no revenue from passengers, so they have to make up the revenue to fly that plane from the freight. So again, you will see rate prices go up.
one of the things that may or may not happen is if the government gets involved from an Australian point of view, um, they might wish to come to an arrangement with um, the likes of Qantas and maybe even Virgin Australia to be able to fly their passenger flying planes as cargo flights and they may come to some arrangement uh, where they may or may not subsidise those flights so that may bring the price down, not necessarily to the normal rate you would pay, but possibly to a more acceptable rate. Uh, but only time will tell if that particularly happens. Um, our industry has been very uh, organised, especially uh, I know on the East Coast there are a number of forwarders, air freight forwarders, uh, that have arranged a, a discussion with uh, aircraft people to charter flights to move freight. But again, as I say, it's, it's solving the problem, uh, but you will be paying for that at this stage. Cool. So just a little bit more um, uncertainty over the next few months, but definitely there is some action taking place over there. So back onto some practical things that if you're an importer and exporter, what can you do at the moment? And if there, is there anyone that can help, say, if I'm not getting answers on my shipments from overseas, like you mentioned, Europe, um, the US, uh, Italy, and South Korea, for example, uh, are s sort of quite severely impacted by the virus. What if I'm not getting any answers on my shipments from overseas? How do I, is there anyone that can help me? Well, I think the best relationship any importer um, in particular can have is with a freight forwarder who has um, a good network overseas and most of the Australian freight forwarders do uh, and I think you just need to maintain close liaison with your forwarder and, and rest assured that they will do their best to find the information out. Um, I think we all have to appreciate that these are times that are very fluid and information you get this morning may not be the information you get this afternoon and neither the freight forwarder nor the customs broker um, or the importer for that matter exporter could control that information it relies solely on decisions being made by governments to to close borders or to close particular uh, countries down um, so all that will have an impact going forward so i think at this stage and the message we've been telling to our members and the wider industry from the start is is not to be panicking and that is to plan so i think if you can liaise with your current existing freight forwarders and plan what to do um, I think at some stage you're going to have to accept if you have freight moving there will be extra costs um, during the short term and um, just continue to deal with them and, and they'll give you the service you require. Okay. And I guess now um, if we can just bring it back to WA and just be a little bit more forward looking. So looking, looking to the future, it's quite clear that the landscape has changed for the importer or an exporter. And it seems like if you are an importer or exporter, to diversify your supply chain is crucial. As you can see, each of the countries going through a stage of lockdown, having one port of supply or one destination market is just no longer um, viable anymore. So can you share some thoughts on the potential perhaps from WA's closest neighbours, say in Southeast Asia or anywhere that you think uh, as an importer or exporter you should be looking towards? Well, I think we found during the, um, the crux of the Chinese close down that um, many importers were got to a stage where they had to find ex uh, another, another supplier. Uh, in particular, at the time I was dealing with people who were importing uh, motor car parts uh, and also cleaning products. 
and both those companies in, along various lines were having a very great shortage of product on their shelves across some lines and they were trying to source other materials and they were going to places uh, maybe a little bit further away than, than our neighbours in Asia but to places like Mexico and other countries around the world. The trouble is that the rest of the world were also seeking other markets and simply the supply could not um, justify the rest of the world. I think if you look at our closer neighbours, there are certainly countries there that um, one could start to look at, um, and you know Vietnam, Thailand come to mind. Um, but again, uh, do they have the capacity to produce the quantity of stock that that uh, your representatives in China have the capacity to produce, and can they produce it for the same price? Um, there are a range of options there, and I think over time people will start to look for diversification to guarantee their supply chain. And uh, some of those countries that I just mentioned, uh, Vietnam and Thailand, will come into the play. Uh, but at the end of the day, I suppose like anything, you're going to get to this stage where it's price uh, and the ability to sustain your supplier. So, for example, it's no good going to a new supplier if when the pressure comes, they can't supply the quantity you need and then that places your supply chain again at risk. So look, I think there are a range of options. There are some well-developed uh, countries through the Southeast Asian belt that would be able to be considered for your supplies. And I think at this stage, there'll be certainly people looking to those to see if they can't, if not maybe supply their whole product line, but be in a position to supply part of their product line should something again happen like this in another major supplier. But, I think China, I think the incidences that we've seen uh, have clearly shown that to the world, um, China is a supplier to the whole world of many things and when China shut down, then the supply chain shut down. Right. And I guess lastly, you know, the ad FTA is working a lot of advocacy fronts, they're involved in a lot of discussions uh, over East, over here as well in the WA. Hey, if, if anyone wants to get in touch with FTA or stay up to date with all things freight and trade, where, where can they turn to you, John? Yeah, look, we, we do have uh, representation both not only at national level but also at state level um, across uh, Australian Border Force and Department of Agriculture, Water and Quarantine, uh, sorry, Environment. And we also have representation at uh, ministerial level in departments. So our website is FT Alliance. .com.au um, for people who are particularly interested in the uh, coronavirus uh, issues at the moment or COVID-19 um, there is a specific uh, page on our website that's accessible by the whole community so it's not restricted to members only it's open to everybody to view uh, and that can be found under the advocacy link at the top of our web page um, and that has all our up-to-date information we issue a weekly bulletin uh, on COVID-19 in particular, but we also issue daily bulletins across a whole range of border clearance and biosecurity issues. Um, there are contact details on there with people's uh, addresses, um, and I'm also available to contact here in WA uh, if people wish to on 0415 973 630. So we're happy to help out the industry through these times and. Uh, many of our communications and advocacy at this stage are not uh, particular to our members, 
we're trying to help, like everybody is, uh, the wider industry and the community get through what is a uh, once in a lifetime, I would suggest, um, uh, event. Thank you very much for your time, John, and for sharing those insights. Thank you again for listening, and if you enjoyed it, please subscribe. As usual, if you have any questions, queries, or suggestions on any topics, please email to business at canning.wa.gov.au. Stay healthy, everyone, and see you next time.